Hello friends, welcome to the show. Uh, two important things before we get started with today's episode. The first is if you're listening on an iPhone or you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever it may be, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review. That helps us show up when people search for off-road podcasts, things like that. Uh, that puts us at the top the more reviews we have. So thanks for doing that. The second is... Racing on the Rocks is partnered with Supergrip ATV, and we're giving away a free set of Supergrip ATV K9 tires. Um, these tires are really gaining some traction in the market right now. Uh, they're an 8-ply, 1-inch tread depth Kevlar sidewall, um, super aggressive tire that's, that seems to be great in all terrains. Excuse me. Um, they also have excellent tread warranty, and they also have an excellent, uh, not tread warranty, excuse me, lifetime expectancy out of the tread, and uh, they're just a really, really awesome tire, and I'm really glad that they've they've stepped up and they've put a set of tires out for you guys. Um, we're giving that away on our Facebook, so just go over to Racing on the Rocks on Facebook. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. Uh, follow the rules. Uh, it should be the first post that you see on our page. It's pinned to the top. And uh, get yourself entered for a free set of tires. Today's episode is, today's really good episode, by the way, is brought to you by Kincaid Billiards. Kincaid Billiards is your one-stop shop for all things uh, like games, things like that. That includes darts, billiards, uh, shuffleboard, pretty much every household game uh, arcade systems. That's a new one that they picked up here recently. Um, everything that you want to do in, you know, play games in your house when you have guests over or even by yourself, they've got it. Um, they actually are offering 15% off all Racing on the Rocks listeners, 15% uh, off all accessories. That's pool table accessories, pool cues, wall racks, chalk, um, dartboard accessories, darts, one really cool thing that I didn't even know they made anymore, which was super effective, is a, uh, a it's like this halo ring that goes around a dartboard. And a friend of mine who actually uh, is a customer of Kincaid Billiards, um, he had it at his house. We were playing the other day, and, and, and when we had it set up, it's a it's an illuminating ring that goes around the dartboard. It doesn't interfere with the actual game how you're throwing it, but it illuminates the dartboard. So in any given room, you can see the dartboard very clearly. Just plugs right in the wall, mounts onto your dartboard with magnets. Super effective, super sturdy, and uh, something I'd highly recommend. Kincaid Billiards is on Facebook and KincaidBilliards.com. Uh, tell them Racing on the Rock extension, and again, they'll give you 15% off all your accessories. That They also even manufacture their own line of pool tables. So, Kincaid Billiards, give those guys a follow, give them a shout. Our next sponsor is We Buy Rides. That's We Buy Rides with a Z. Um, they're on Facebook under We Buy Rides with an S. However, their website, WeBuyRides.com. Uh, they move a ton of inventory, and if you're looking for a vehicle, particularly what they specialize in is 4x4s, diesels, and Highline vehicles. Um, they move so much inventory that if you tell them, hey, I'm looking for you know something like this or that, uh, they're at auctions buying cars all the time, 40 to 50 cars um, going through there a month. Uh, they can definitely find you what you're looking for and they can get you the best price possible. Uh, one of the most important things that I deal with in, in this business and, and in life in general is customer service. 
The guys over there at We Buy Rides, they have been incredibly generous to me. Uh, they've been very community, like very strong communication with me. Their customer service and customer support has been awesome in our negotiations and things like that. So uh, all my experiences with them have been great. One thing that they can promise you is that they'll give you the most cash value possible if you want to trade your car in, um, or that value can go. Uh, I'm sorry, if you want to sell your car, but if you want to trade your car in for a vehicle that they have on their lot, um, they'll give you the same cat, same value uh, as, as trade in on the vehicle that you'd like. Um, again, that is webuyrides.com, www.webuyrides.com. And uh, tell them Racing on the Rock sent you. And just let them know if you're looking for something or if you're looking to get an offer on your vehicle. Uh, definitely go give those guys a try before anybody else. Uh, another sponsor of the show is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has a straight ridiculous, ridiculous warranty on their products. It's a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty, which covers all of their light bars, light pods, mirrors with lights in them. Rock lights, whips, wheel rings, everything that you can think of that's Infinite Off-Road brand comes with that insane warranty. Uh, that warranty even covers accidental damage. Um, personally, I have a set of their 40-watt pods on one of my vehicles, and it is just... I put a picture of it on Facebook the other day because lights have come so far in the... the let's see here. Six or seven years that I've been introduced to the LED light game on uh, off-road vehicles, Man, and, and what I have, it's metal case, it has beautiful spotlight, uh, it also has an like really surprisingly wide floodlights built into it, so it's a dual system light all in one, plenty of power, the wiring harness was very, very easy to set up, I didn't really need to do anything much more um, than just plug and play and get it mounted to my vehicle the way I wanted to. Uh, the customer service, again, is, is just totally, totally unmatched. Uh, Infinite Off-Road is amazing to deal with. Their team over there is very, very quick in shipping, and they're very polite, very easy to work with. They have given Racing on the Rocks listeners a 10% off the entire website. So that's 10% off your entire order, infiniteoffroad.com, or Infinite Off-Road on their Facebook, code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, and that goes towards all products on their website. Uh, another sponsor I really like to highlight is All Things UTV. That's All Things UTV things with a Z on there. AllThingsUTV.com and All Things UTV on Facebook. Um, these guys are super, super avid and active on Facebook in particular. Uh, they make a great Razor Aid tender spring replacement to turn your car into a true dual rate system. Uh, you know, the big debate of what does the tender spring actually do? Well, when you go with a Razor Aid tender spring upgrade, you actually are going to be able to use that as usable suspension. Uh, or they even now offer a full dual rate spring kit called the Cloud 9 kit. Um, highly recommend both of those kits. I've ridden on vehicles with both of them, and it is a 80% ride improvement, an incredible ride improvement, seriously, big time. Um, also, all things UTVs, pretty much everywhere to go for your hard parts, your suspension components, axles, drivetrain, performance, clutches, um, seats, you know, door bags, everything that you can think of. 
uh, Infinite Off-Road, I'm sorry, All Things UTV has your fix for it. Uh, I'm actually about to do a big order with them and I'm super excited. I'm going to get some of their firewall protection guards that are custom made in-house. Uh, skid plates, you know, suspension components, the whole nine yards. I'm going to get it all taken care of in one location at a very, very, very competitive price. That is allthingsutv.com. Uh, make sure you tell them Racing on the Rock sent you. Okay, today's episode is Nathan Wolf. He is the Pro Rock Racing Endurance Series Champion for 2019. And uh, we go into a little bit of everything, and we're particularly talking about his run at King of Hammers that he's going to make this year. Uh, really, really stoked to have him on the show. Uh, we had a great conversation. I think you guys will hear it. It was just a really good time talking to Nathan. He's an absolute gentleman and uh, an excellent racer. So, Good luck to him at King of Hammers. Uh, I told him we'll talk after, and without further ado, I'll let you get right into it, everybody. Nathan Wolf. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Nathan Wolf is in... Is, is on the line with us. Uh, Nathan, how are you doing today? Oh, doing good. Doing good. 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 What are you doing today? I know, are, are you doing some driving? Yeah, we're, we're actually uh, doing some driving. Uh, we were heading to the IXCR uh, banquet, um, mm -hmm. so we're just trying to cover that. It's a nice five-hour trip for me, and um, yeah, just having some fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, that's the, you said IXCR banquet? Yes, sir. Uh, now, Indiana are you cross, Indiana Cross Country Banquet? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, for those who don't know you, um, you know, we're just going to go ahead and dive right into the episode today. Hit the ground running because we've got a lot of ground I'd like to cover. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself outside of off-road racing. I know that it takes a lot of time and pretty much dominates everything. Um, but what do you like to do other than race? And uh, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Uh, competitive with just about everything, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I it, like that. It goes, it goes from like going out with friends and riding go-karts and beating the crap out of each other on the go-kart track or, you know, just, uh, anything outdoors you're kind of into. So, yeah. yeah. Um, generally enjoy, uh, just about anything that has a, a competitive side to it. Have you guys ever gotten into hunting? No, no, I don't know if I have, uh, the patience for that. I, I just, I've never got to where I can sit uh, in a deer stand for hours upon hours, and yeah. uh, you know I, I, I hear it's very peaceful, but you know it just finding the time to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty uh, pretty busy all the time. We uh, we we stay family business, and you know we're always working, and then uh, doing the uh, wrenching on side by sides and and whatnot uh, after hours and uh, all hours of the night, and then you know I got a three-year-old boy and uh uh girlfriend and and you know we we all do some family stuff together and mm -hmm. just try to enjoy everything so you mentioned uh family business uh now obviously your brother is paul wolf um do any of your other brothers race I, I think there was one that was mentioned that i don't know the name of uh tommy is our youngest brother and uh no he is uh he's a he's got a little more of a gap between him and us uh he's 23 i'm 30 i'll be 34 here next week and then paul's 31 so um okay. paul and i were always really close and then uh tommy come about later on and uh he didn't get the uh 
quite the experiences that Paul and I got. Yeah, yeah, I got you for sure. Um, well, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. Um, so tell me, uh, family business, what do you guys do uh, for the family business? You still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys do for your family business? All right. So we lost you there for a second, but you're back. Um, I was actually asking, what do you guys do for the family business? Well, we own a salvage uh, company. Um, we buy from the general public uh, uh, every day. Um, we go out to pick up uh, equipment. Uh, we do train car derailments, train car demo. Um, we're a little, mm-hmm. little bit of everything, the, the steel side of things. Um, so we, we, we definitely stay busy. Uh, we have uh, about 20 people that work for us. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a ever-growing business. Like It, it keeps evolving, getting bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And so there's always, uh, always more challenges and always more things to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The twenty-person business, especially like when it, when coming up from a small business to a business of that size, that's that's some pretty pretty awesome growth and pretty awesome thing to kind of like have running in the background at all times. So, uh, hats off to you guys for sure. Thank you. Um, so, your off-road experience and off-road racing experience in particular, um, did it start on quads? Uh yes, I. We started actually started on three wheelers. Um, <laughs> the world's most dangerous we, toy. Yeah, um, we. Uh, I don't know what it was, but my mom thought it was safer for us to have a three wheeler than it was a dirt bike. So <laughs> we, we we ran with it. Um, uh-huh. First three wheeler I had was a, a Honda 250SX, and uh-huh. uh, and we got on the the, the old 250Rs, and then we got into Honda 400EXs, and then. Uh, transitioned to 450Rs, and then we ended up with Can-Am side-by-sides. Yeah, yeah. So uh, were you guys as competitive? Well, let me say this. Uh, I'm sure you were as competitive uh, back then, but were you guys traveling as much as you are now? Were you guys as heavily invested in racing uh, when you were doing quads? Um, yes and no. Uh, I ran TT uh, flat track um, mm-hmm. for – uh, she, I started in 2008 mm-hmm. and uh, started traveling, did some national stuff, um, come up through the ranks, got got better, learned a lot. Uh, and it just, um, one thing, you, you, I kind of always enjoyed uh, the competitive side of it, so mm-hmm. stuck, stuck with it and kept at it. So how does how does your experience as as a quad racer in, in that environment, you know, some of that obviously translates over to side-by-sides, some of it doesn't. But what would you say are like the most valuable things that you learned during that racing experience? Uh, the mental side, um, being really? mentally tu- mentally tough. Yeah, that, that uh, always uh, always knowing that there's a limit that can be pushed, and you can be be better at things than uh, you know it, it, the the quad side was a little more physical, so you know, the mm-hmm. you get tired and you mentally just have to push through it and. Uh, you know, it was the same way as the side-by-side stuff. Like, there's points where uh, things get a little, like, you get just get fatigued or something, and you got to refocus and, and push through certain things or being able to uh, take uh, the emotion out of a situation and just uh, be able to see it for what it really is and make the right decision from that. So what's an example? Sorry, someone came to my door. My dog's going nuts. My phone's going nuts. Um uh, so what's an example of like a situation in a side-by-side race 
where you would have to take the emotion out of it? I mean, is it when you break or is it when someone, you know, rams into the back of you? Like, what is an example of that? It's, it's more so when uh, somebody rams into you or somebody's in a way or, or something of that nature where you you, uh, you can't let – if somebody cuts the bridge or somebody cuts you off, you, you can't get mad. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it frustrates you, but you retaliate in that situation uh, and ramming them, the odds of you doing more good than, than bad is is not, not there. Like, you're going to end up tearing up your own car. Um mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just teaches a lot about patience. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, making the right decision at the right time. Um, and, and there's always, uh, there's always risk involved and and you got to look at the the gamble on it and see if it's actually worth the reward and, you know, what, what you can put the, the side by side through and, and have it in one piece on the other side. Yeah. Now, do you find yourself, I mean, obviously, in any kind of racing, especially the kind of racing we do, there's going to be some collisions. There's going to be some physical contact on the cars. Um, is there any, like, specific setting or race course where you find yourself really getting smashed up with a bunch of guys? Um, not really. Um, it's uh, – the biggest one we had in, in 19 was uh, actually uh, at Rush off-road mm-hmm. during the uh, race riches. Um, it was a last lap. There was uh, actually uh, spectators, I guess, on the course is what you call it, people mm-hmm. that weren't supposed to be there. And uh, I, I was over-anxious um, and had to uh, take some invasive actions, and we ended up sideswiping a car. Um, I expected them to, to do one thing, and they didn't do that. And, mm-hmm. and they tore the window net and the fender off the driver's side of the car, and mm. um, we got really lucky that we didn't – lay the car over it we kind of landed uh across the hood of their their car and we were able to get get back going and uh and, and get on to the finish yeah yeah now let me ask you this too uh how how often are, are you guys actually running into other people because with the kind of racing that we do especially on the east coast it kind of just emerging um you know there's no spectator a visibility when you're, you know, a mile and a half in the woods, you know, are, are you guys actually running into each other or are these run-ins primarily because of bottlenecks in the trail or, you know, events like what you just said where, you know, someone's not doing what they should be doing? It's mostly just bottlenecks. Um, yeah. You know, you don't try to, I don't like tearing up my stuff much less anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, it's uh, one thing, like if you're faster than somebody and you catch them, mm-hmm. um, you give them the horn, if they don't move or they don't hear you, you bump them. Mm-hmm. And there's times that, you know, like there's a, there's a fine line uh, between a bump and a hit, I guess you'd say. Like you run yeah. in and bump somebody, you just want them to know you're there. And if you get really aggravated and then you just run flat into them, then, you know, that, that doesn't just tear up their stuff. It tears up your own. So, I mean, you really don't, you tend not to try to do that. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and talk about the 2019 season. What all the series did you run in 2019? Oh man, we, uh, we dabbled in a little bit of everything, I guess. <laughs> That's the best way to be. Um, uh, my general focus going into the year was pro rock. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, we were going into that really focused on, on trying to do well there. Um, started the season, uh, ran, first race picked up a, a win in that one and then uh 
I was running a little bit of the IXCR just to get some more seat time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of got uh, a little more serious, I guess, because we were doing well. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, you know, we might as well just keep going and try making as many events as we can. And then uh, we ran a little bit of the Titan series uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Ultra 4. Um, we ran a little, we ran a couple of the actual Ultra 4 races that were, you know, tied into the Titan, like at AOP. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Davis, Oklahoma, uh, and then down at uh, Dirty Turtle, I had Ultra 4 a bit there. Um, I went and ran uh, two AXCC events. Uh, so, I mean, we generally, we there's a lot of racing. And then I filled in for Paul a couple, a couple times mm-hmm. uh, with the Southern Rock stuff when he had a, a couple health issues. So, it, it, was, a, it was a really you know, busy year. It was a little busier than... Than really what I wanted to be, but uh, you know, you, you take it as it comes. So uh, the the Pro Rock, the Ultra Four East Coast, the Titan Series, Southern Rock, they all run um, pretty much at the same places. Like I hate I hate it to you know generalize it that much. Um, when you go run Pro Rock versus you know the Titan Series or the Ultra Four East Coast, are they running the same loops too? Because I know the I I was at the Ultra Four race uh, at AOP. And I know the the loop they ran, and then the Pro Rock loop was the exact same. Is that what you're seeing? Where these loops at every park are kind of the same? They're they're really similar. Um, there's a couple couple differences, um, and and then also uh, your your first time going to a park, like a lot of them parks were brand new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the first time going to them was different than the second time. Like AOP, the first time, I we totally missed set up we ran a small tire um mm-hmm. car was really low to the ground uh and it just it beat the crap out of me and like dude it, it i was, get it and, and then like we ran there at uh for pro rock and we had a totally different setup i actually had a different car and, and uh it made made all the difference in the world just having the right setup on the car and and knowing what you're getting into when, before you get there yeah, yeah, it's funny actually. Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but um, you guys for the first Ultra Four race, uh, y'all pulled in and you actually jumped in my razor with me, and we went and looked up at the end of the long like rock garden waterfall thing. We jumped in the razor, looked at it, and that's really the only pre-running you had for that race. And um, I, if I remember correctly, when you came off the line for that race too, you shredded a belt like right out of the gate. Yeah, we we definitely did, and and I do remember that. Uh, and the Rock Garden looked a whole lot worse mm-hmm. that that day than it did at Pro Rock. But I was knowing what yeah. I was getting into at Pro Rock, so it's you know, like I said, running running the right setup made a big difference. And then mm-hmm. uh, even uh, getting up that hill, uh, I didn't know there was an option line at the end of the Rock Garden. Whenever we went to uh, the Ultra Four race, and mm-hmm. then Pro Rock being able, we got to pre run everything. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you get familiarized with the course, so yeah, it, makes, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm not familiar myself with the IXCR style racing or that, that you know, um, series. Is it more flat, open, like through the woods, kind of uh, more high-speed open area? It's it's give and take. Um, there's some high-speed area, like uh, – Cut across field sections, but majority of it is is tight woods, and it it is tight. Um, and we're you got a land rush start, uh, dead mm-hmm. engine, um, so it's uh, you got ten guys running to the first corner, and Yikes. it's it's fun, like it's it's a battle. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> you better have a fast car. That's wild, man. You gotta have a fast car and a fast starting car, and that's uh, one thing. The the Can-Ams are they're, they're quick starting. They really are. Yeah, I watched uh, last week um, or a couple weeks ago. Uh, I, I interviewed Jamie McCoy, and he was um, out in Texas. And I watched a video of those guys starting off the line, and and just his car. And there was another Can-Am car that flew across the start line. Um, dude, just bonkers how fast they get right out of the gate. And uh, that's one thing I noticed because uh, at that Ultra 4 race, that was the first race where I'd actually seen a Can-Am uh, that was set up for that kind of racing unleash what it was capable of doing. And uh, it's a totally different game, totally, totally different game, totally different machine um, from what myself and, and a lot of our listeners are uh, used to in the in the Polaris Razor game. Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, if you guys are running them Razors, you really don't know what you're missing out on. They're different for sure. It's it's so it's so funny. I, let me let me let you let me ask you this question. Have you uh have you ridden in a razor, driven a razor, gotten a chance to like uh race in one or play in one? I've played in them a little bit. Um I actually had a Razor eight hundred uh the classic. I, yeah, like uh two thousand ten <laughs> and I I had the thing for two weeks and uh endowed it and broke my neck. So oh. uh, we, we uh but we when we first got it, it, we thought it was the neatest thing. We were, uh, of course, we were young and invincible at that point. And mm-hmm. um, the the first weekend I had it, uh, we were hot lapping it around a, uh, oh, basically like a subdivision, and uh, <laughs> we were, you know, running forty, fifty mile an hour through the subdivision stuff on mm-hmm. asphalt, trying to carry the front tire around, doing doing normal normal stuff and you know and the the travel that it had was you know i don't don't remember what it was maybe 12 inches of wheel travel maybe Mm -hmm. and it was it was neat you know that's that was the first side-by-side you know that i had and um we were uh buddy of mine were in it up at a motocross track and we were running around there jumping everything and then we over jumped the tabletop and uh landed on the front front of the car and it endowed uh landed back on its wheels and uh the uh we had a factory cage on it we had helmets mm-hmm. on but uh factory cage was bent down to, on on my shoulder and uh i couldn't move uh my lower extremities uh and you know they got me out of the the car and uh set me on a backboard and and once they got me on a backboard i could move everything so they did a did surgery so i got a a plate and a couple screws and c6 c7 and you know it's Everybody's got their hobbies. Everybody's got things they like to do, and you know, it, it's uh, it really didn't slow slow me down much. Um, spent a spent that winter uh, just recuperating, trying to build strength back and stuff, and then mm-hmm. uh, back to normal normal everyday activities uh, within a couple months. Man, that's wild. And and I know you know all all the leagues that you've mentioned you race in, and, and you sound like you're going to continue to race in. Um, they have really strenuous safety requirements. But is that ever in the back of your head when you're going you know 90 miles an hour <laughs> in one of these uh, things? Does that ever creep up on you? A little bit, more so. Uh, the the thought of like. Did I tighten up this bolt here that, you know, I know I was working on something? I'm like, man, did I, did I tighten that up? And then you're thinking about that. And, uh, oh, we, actually, we actually had a, uh, I had a mistake at, uh, AOP at the last Pro Rock. Um, uh-huh. we changed times on the tie rods before the race 
and I had one tie rod that I didn't tighten the jam nuts up on. Um, oh. I run down by by my fingers, and I, I didn't mm-hmm. tighten up the actual nut with a wrench. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the race went on, the steering wheel, I kept having to turn the steering wheel more and more to the left to go straight. And I kept thinking, I'm like, what the heck did I do? And I kept thinking, and then finally it dawned on me what I did. And uh, this is while we're racing. And I'm like, I ain't got time to stop. I was like, if it would have fell off, if it was going to fall off, it would have fell off by now. So yeah. Keep, keep going, keep my head down. And, you know, we we finished the race. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's one of the things, like, you you always think about it. There's always that what if, you know, yeah. factor and, and that sort. And, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, Paul and I had a, uh, a close call at Race to Riches. Um, there was a – we dropped down in a little creek, um, and the the hole – there was a hole on the right side, and it got wallowed out uh, mm-hmm. after the the first lap. It, so the second lap, it was a lot deeper than it was in the first lap. And the first lap, we come through there pretty good click. And then the second lap, I was coming through there, and I was coming through there just a little bit faster. And we hit that hole, and the car laid up, and I smashed the passenger side into, uh, like, a the creek bank. Mm-hmm. And – it scared the crap out of both of us, and he was screaming at he was screaming at me to slow down, and I was like, "We're we're fine, we're fine, we're fine," you know. And yeah, we we boogered up the uh, the panel on on his side, and he got covered with dirt um, from it spraying in. Mm-hmm. And then you know, after that, we we kind of tiptoed through that section just so that way we didn't lay the car over. But you know, it's just it's learning learning about things as you go racing. You know, it just kind of kind of how it goes. Yeah, and and it is, you know, I mean, it's the it's it's the there's a risk to all of this, you know, and that's that's a healthy reminder. Uh, you know, it's not bad to think about those kind of things because if you know you're ignorant to it, it's 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 its own, you know, that's its own issue. But anyways, on to a little bit better topics. Uh, you mentioned your 2019 season. Um, let me let me kind of just go through a list of questions here. Uh, first thing. Uh, you ended up winning the entire 2019 Pro Rock Endurance Series, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, congratulations. Uh, I was I was there to watch you do your acceptance speech. Very cool, very exciting. Uh, and your trophy. So the Pro Rock is sponsored by Polaris Razor, and uh, this on your on your winning trophy, it had first place and then Polaris or, or Razor or Polaris, what have you, on the trophy. Uh, and, and that didn't stay on the trophy very long. How'd you get that off? <laughs> oh, it, it was uh, it was some thin metal. We just could yeah. bend it over, and and it, for some reason it fell off when you bend it a few times. Yeah, yeah. So the the trophies that are given out are um, like laser CNC, uh, a big you know first place, and, and it had the name of the series. And uh, that that Polaris razor on that trophy, the the words there did not last very long on there, and I thought that was. That was pretty funny. And, uh, let me ask you this too. You know, obviously, uh, Jamie McCoy comes in second to you. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you finish physically first and first in time for that race as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, there was a six race series. We, uh, won four of the races and Jamie won the other two. Okay. Gotcha. Congratulations again. Um, how do you feel about Can-Am pretty much? Doing, I mean, both of you guys are the winners of that. I would consider that Can-Am dominating that race series. Um, you know, I, I saw on Facebook all this and that, that Polaris, you know, a Polaris needs to win a Polaris-sponsored uh, race series. What do you have to say about that? I mean, what about that mentality of just the fact that it seems like Polaris just can't keep up? Because if it wasn't, 
you, it was Jamie, and it's, you know, both are Can-Ams and, uh, you know, that kind of, we're starting to see the, the switch over. Like, what are your thoughts on everyone going to that machine and, and Can-Am's just dominant performances in all these races? Uh, Can-Am is building an exceptional car right now. Um, it, it is uh, leaps and bounds uh, above in certain aspects. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's real easy to gel to the car and get used to what it, what it does and, and how it works. Um, and then having the right help along the way, uh, with, uh, different components makes, makes a huge, huge difference. Um, you know, and it's, uh, taking the time and learning the car, um, prepping the car and doing all that stuff. It, it just makes a, makes a really big difference. And, you know, and that's something uh, a lot of people don't realize the time that you put into the car between races, and mm-hmm. and, and and those things those things make make all the difference in the world uh, when you're to finish a race uh, to finish a race in a, in a top spot. You know, all that makes a big difference, and and there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes. You mm-hmm. know, and being prepared for whenever the flag drops and you, you have that race and then being able to be there at the end. Um, but yeah, can, can am is just like, like I said, it's, it's exceptional. They're putting out a 195 horse car now right out the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, and they're, they're working. Um, the, the clutching is, is really good on them. Um, the, you keep your belt temps down. Uh, the components are, are solid. Like we're, we're running a, a stock drivetrain um, in the, the can am all year. Uh, Stock wow. axles, stock differential. I mean, all of it's bone stock. And uh, we had, I had one, two, I had two mishaps this year, and both were self-inflicted. And and one of them broke a front axle, and the other one I broke a diff. And and like I said, both of them were self-inflicted. And when I say that, is uh, landing on the front end on while on the throttle, and and not just like a little bit on the throttle. I mean, heavy on the throttle, and something's got to give. You, you get that much bite on a tire there's going to be something break and, you know, and it, it's, it's expected. So, and, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, patience again, I can't preach patience enough, but you, you learn, learn patience throughout the year. You know, it's so funny. I got, I got two things to say there. It, it's one thing. It's really funny to hear, you know, you're, you're kind of talking about, you have this competitive nature and kind of the whole go fast mentality and like the, you know, I think of it as like the bam, 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 bam. Like if it's not one thing, it's another. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're preaching patience and like that balance there, that harmony of, of the mindset of patience with the, you know, the action of, of power and continuous momentum. Uh, that's, that's a winning, a winning balance right there for sure. For sure. Um, what, but go ahead. One of the things that, uh, like I, I met, I met Jamie McCoy this year at the first race. Um, and him and him and I, or his group, Gary and John Boy, and us, we we all hit it off really really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was over there giving him a hard time. He's giving me a hard time, and, and you know he's he's the old man. Like he is the old man at 50, <laughs> 54 years old, and and I and I love it. And like we're out there running, and I was on his case about patience, and, and like. He he has that go fast mentality. Like it's it's flat on the wood everywhere you go, and and I kept telling him I was like the car's not gonna last. The car's not gonna last. And in the first race, he broke the damn car, and uh, and it was all because of him, you know, being overly aggressive and not having that patience. And 
you know, and, and like he's taught me a lot of things this year about setup and, and just, you know, you try to absorb as much as you can from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And my big push to him was patience all year. And, and, you know, and I noticed a big change in, in him as the year progressed, he started, started, uh, he had less stuff breaking and he started being a little more patient and it was, uh, it made it tougher. It really did. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it was bringing out the competitive side and, and, and I, and, you know, I, I want that, him and I want that same fight. Like we want to be there head to head, beat the crap out of each other the whole race and the best man win. And then after the race, we're going to sit there and we're going to, we're going to joke about it. We're going to give each other a hard time about it. And, and, and I enjoy that. And I know he enjoys that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there's there's camaraderie and camaraderie in that level of competition. Um, but one thing I want to say before I lose it, uh, I actually got a chance last weekend, I believe it was, um, to go out and, and a friend of mine, um, uh, Hubert Rowland, actually from Nitro Circus, he's actually got a Can Am right now that he's building for King of Hammers, and he's got it completely tore down. Uh, you know, to the frame, and he's welding in some gussets and things like that. But he, when he mentioned to me, you know, he's, he's I don't think he's going to run stock axles. I think he's sponsored by Super ATV, and he, he had rhinos in there. But uh, he mentioned to me, you know, they don't have this issue of breaking axles, breaking drivetrain components. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, he had the clutch cover off and all that. And I got a chance to see that not only are the clutches um, – you know, every, I think everyone Polaris-wise is familiar with STM clutches. They look like STM-quality clutches right out of the gate. And also, they're so close together. The actual primary and secondary are so much closer together and bigger than the Polaris that, you know, the, the clutching is so correct and so finely tuned that it doesn't relay those issues down into the drivetrain. And it just blew my mind because I started thinking about it and I started thinking – I don't see Can-Ams breaking axles. I don't see Can-Ams really having issues with front diffs or drive shafts or what have you. Obviously, there's you know there's an aftermarket support there, but uh, it's just not something you see all the time. Whereas in Razors, I mean, I carry four axles with me when I go on a trail ride, just in case, because at any minute any of them can go. And it's just it's, it was such a bizarre thing that I hadn't really thought about. And when he kind of explained you know the the problem down the river. Uh, you know, and, and clutching and things like that, uh, it really, it kind of gave me a new thing to respect the Can-Am machine for. So I'm glad that you touched on that because uh, a lot of people don't understand that those cars drivetrain-wise are just, they're superior, flat-out superior. Yeah, they, they hold up really well. And then uh, Can-Am coming out with uh, the smart lock uh, at the end or middle of 18, uh, you know, it, it's a fully locking front differential um it's got like a clutch pack inside of it so it's got a couple settings so it's still really easy to steer um and then it would get so much slippage it'll lock up and you know i got the first option of playing with that uh at the end of this would be the, the end of last year we went on a trip uh a riding trip down to wildcat mm-hmm. and uh my trail car has a smart lock in it and my race my race car at that time did not and, and i got the car in a bad position and and i just had on a the trail setting and i stood on the gas and and it was i could feel that when it, when the, the other front tire grabbed it pulled me right out and set me right back down on four tires and hmm. i was like wow i was like you know without that i know that i would have been on my lid 
but you know, it, it's it's technology working. Um, and like I said the drivetrain is 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 so freaking awesome in them things. Um, you know, we're, we for doing what Paul's doing the hill killing stuff. We, mm-hmm. He's beef, he's beefed up the drivetrain um, and went mm-hmm. to the Halo Thirty. Um, actually, for hammers, uh, I'm actually running the Halo Thirty um, and some heavier axle shafts just because we are a little paranoid, I guess. Sure, um, with, sure. With with that 150 miles of of rocks and beating on that thing, that we want to cover as much bases as we can and make the car as tough as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just everything's got its own application, and you know, for the stock drivetrain, I think it's it's really incredible. And that smart lock comes stock in the RC machines, right? Is that right? It comes it comes stock in a handful of the machines now. Like I think it comes stock in the XDS. Um, the RC and then the XRS too. Okay, gotcha. That's, that's really great news because again, I mean, you know, you know just as well as I do that that was always one of the easy knocks against KM was that front differential. And uh, I know that when I spoke to Paul, he mentioned the Halo, kind of went on the spill about that, and uh, now to see that KM has a, a an actually viable answer from the factory, that's awesome. And it's good to hear that it works really well too. Because um, you know the guys who race are pretty pretty slim, and it's and it's a really good information for the guys who just like to trail ride. Um, yeah. But with that, let's talk hammers. Um, well, actually, uh, the other series other than Pro Rock, how'd you finish in those other series? Uh, IXPR, we uh, won the championship in that series. Cool. Um, so yeah, I was and and like the the car I ran was an 18 model XDS. Um, it had. Uh, the factory lock, locker or factory drivetrain in it. I actually ran the drivetrain had maybe 15 races on it, all mm-hmm. stock axles, and I've never had to change anything in it. I just maintenance it and change oil, grease the hubs, you know, check bearings, that sort of stuff, and never had an issue with it. Never broke an axle shaft. Um, you know, uh, and then we ran uh, one or uh, two AXCC races. Uh, the first one I went and ran uh, had a little bit of a brake issue. Mm-hmm. Decided uh, uh, to pull off and not tear the car up, and then the second one we ran, we finished second uh, in the Pro Turbo class. Uh, it was down in Davis, Oklahoma. Um, the the Ultra Four stuff we did, uh, the Titan stuff, I was something about it did not jive with me. I, I don't know. I, I never did very well in it. Um, and then uh, the uh, the AOP race, like I said. Like you said, uh, the first one we blew, blew a belt uh, right off the start line, and you know uh, I learned a valuable lesson on uh, belts don't last as long as I wish they would. Uh, <laughs> now, has there been a solution for your belt issue? Yeah, I changed the belt uh, every three races instead of four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that you run, you you know. It's like anything. It's got a it's got a uh, a, a life or you know timed life, and uh, how much abuse you put on it determines how long it'll last. And mm-hmm. you know, I found it to be safe and sorry. Um, just change them after every three races. Change the belt, and that way I don't have to worry about it uh, breaking anymore. So, but yeah. you know that and and that was a uh, at that time I think that was uh, I think I was on a Can-Am factory belt. Um, wow! And I'm pretty sure that I actually. Uh, that that belt there, I think I had six races on, um, and then we got more religious on changing them. Um, and 
changing them every three races just to be safe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Um, well, that's good to know all of that. Now, you mentioned one more race league that you participated in, and that was the AXCRR. Is that, is that right? AXCC. It's just uh, okay. it's the uh, cross country race, uh, cross cross country series. It kind of took over for the the GNCC uh, national series. Okay. Uh, since they did mm-hmm. away with side by sides at the end of eighteen. Mm-hmm. Now, is that more, because I'm looking at a couple of pictures on your Facebook here, is that more of the, like, a uh, flat, open area racing? It's it's similar to um, what the Indiana stuff is. Uh, I think okay. the woods are, it's got some wood sections and stuff in it, but it's not quite as tight. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that uh, they're still, being a new series in 19, they're still feeling some things out, uh-huh. uh, trying to find good, uh good homes or good places to go and race um and not it's a different caliber of racing than than the pro rock is okay um, it's just... yeah it's kind of one of those things that i I'm, I'm trying to get a good grasp on all the on all the leagues and things like that and uh you know with, with that being said if someone like myself who you know doesn't i'm totally bottom of the barrel amateur racer um if i wanted to go find a league where it is just Go fast, less rocks, um, you know, cause AOP is a really rough place. Um, I know that some of the, some of the pro rock races, they throw in pretty decent rock sections. If I wanted to go, you know, kind of avoid the rocks, but go fast, what, what league would you recommend? What, what kind of go fast are you talking about? Like you talking, you can go to short course or are you talking like woods racing type? Probably, stuff? probably woods racing would be more along the lines. The IXDR stuff is, is really, really good um it is growing and uh they have they offer a lot of classes um mm-hmm. for for people and it's very competitive it, it is um it's a uh you get to go walk the track before you race um there's no pre-running just just physically walking is is the only way you can go look at the course and uh you know you got to kind of figure out where you're going to go and your lines and stuff uh mm-hmm doing that um and then just go from there okay good to know all right well let's talk king of hammers um jamie mccoy told me he was he was kind of doing a demo run on your uh suspension setup at that texas race for you trying to get some things kind of nailed down hammered out um but what have you done in preparation for this race you know as compared to what the setup you had last year let's kind of start there um i went and bought a new can of loctite <laughs> uh, that would be the, the the biggest one. Now, it just we we tore we tore uh, we went out and tested in November. Um, we went out there for a couple of days and just kind of got a feel for what we're getting into. Uh, run around, looked at the canyons, run up and down some of the canyons. Um, there's so much ground out there to cover, so yeah. much. Um, come home, tore tore. Uh, my uh, car down that I ran at Pro Rock stuff this year mm-hmm. um, went through. Had to fix some 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 different things on it. Uh, check it all out. Uh, make sure there's no cracks in anything. Um, we powder coated it and been putting it back together. Uh, getting it going through with it everything with a fine tooth comb. Uh, okay. That means, like I said, Loctite. Like we're we're going through and putting putting everything back together. You're checking all your bolts. Uh, you're you know you're Loctite in it, you're marking everything, you're you're just 
making sure you're you're getting every little thing checked out. Um, that way we don't have any any failures or any small issues. Uh, a lot of new parts. Um, same reliable reliable companies that we've been with, and just just going that route. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your Excuse me, man. Um, in your preparation for this, you said you did get a chance to kind of run through the desert, run through those canyon sections. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Just, I mean, when you're looking at the race, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, you, you can't, you can't win if you don't finish. That, that's that, that's the initial thought. Um, that's good. You can't. You gotta finish the race, regardless of of what happens. You gotta find a, a happy pace, a comfortable pace, and roll out and run your own race. Um, can't can't worry about everybody else and what they're doing. Uh, one hundred and one hundred and fifty three miles is a long way. Yes, it is. So, I mean, it, it's it definitely is. And uh, we figured uh, to be on to be on course to be to do well. Um, we're going to need to finish under six hours, um, and I and I believe that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. It's just going to be be smart, um, be smart, and, and and think things through before you get to them. Uh, we're going out to pre-run uh, some more and look at some more stuff the week before mm-hmm. uh, hammers because Mother Nature has a way of changing things. Yeah, especially out there, man. A little bit of sand moves around. The craziest thing that I've ever seen was, uh, it was a picture a couple years ago of Backdoor, and it was, I think, a month or two before King of Hammers, and the entire bottom section, because Backdoor kind of has like a a bottom lip, and then it's got the the top lip, which puts you over the top, and the, the sand at the bottom, the entire bottom lip, the three or four, you know, five feet, whatever it may be, was completely covered, and it was just like someone. The comment was like, "In two months, this will be, you know, completely dug out because of all these cars." It is mind blowing to me how much that course can change in a matter of weeks. Absolutely insane. It it definitely is, and like uh, seeing, I, I watched a lot of video, um, pretty much any any video I could find from UTV racing out there or UTV mm-hmm. rock crawling out there. I watched it, um, YouTube, whatever I could find. And then going out there um, and seeing how things were different because um, mm-hmm. I had a pretty good picture in my mind of how like no li- or outer limits was mm-hmm. and how to and looking at the canyon and then you get there and you're looking at it and you can see where things have been displaced and things have been moved and uh, then just mm, picking a good line to get up through things without getting yourself hung up and spending a bunch of time dragging cable. So let me let me ask you this because you you essentially everyone who who listens to this podcast and lives on the East Coast, um, we've all seen videos of the hammers. We've all seen videos of these insane long rock sections, um, and then you actually get out there and you know you have your 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 mind says here's what I saw from the videos, here's what I'm seeing in person. Um, how how when you got there in person. How did it compare to the videos? Was it bigger, smaller, easier, more complex? What were your thoughts? Um, it was a little bit of both. Like just getting there and taking it all in when you first pull out on the lake bed, it's it's huge. Like you can see for miles. It is so neat. And then you get out there and run. And uh, for us on the East Coast, uh, running through the desert, running ninety plus mile an hour through the lake bed, 
that is totally different. And and it's like you can drive 90 mile an hour for miles upon miles, uh-huh. and and then you get into the rock stuff and you're crawling over crawling over or around boulders that are the size of a Volkswagen. I mean, it, it's it's neat. It, it's it's a definitely a different perspective. Like in the East Coast stuff, we'll see big boulders here and there, um, you know, but it's not it's not the same kind of boulders. It's not, it's just, it's just different. It, it, it's just, there's so much, when you get into the rocks out there, there's so much traction out there. Um, it, it, it's crazy. And, and you think about you loading up that much, uh, you having that much traction, you're loading up the, the, the entire drive system because you got one tire that's biting really, really hard. And mm-hmm. the other ones you'll have one or two that'll be floating in the air and you're just trying to crawl through things, and it's a different, it's a different animal. It's a, it's a totally different animal than what we've been racing. Hmm. So, you know, something I always thought was weird going from, and, and I feel like this is like an easy question, but or an easy answer, or easy, you know, thought. Um, super swampers, because I, I actually come from the full size before I got in the side by sides. You always see these tires over here that are super aggressive, super deep tread. Um, a lot of space between the tread. And then it seems like the go-to tire for the West Coast was always the, you know, the BFG Baja tire, the KR2 or whatever it is. And it's a really, you know, small tread block, really tight together. Is it because you have so much traction out there that you just don't need the the super aggressive tire? Does a mild tire have success out there? Um, I think when you go to a super aggressive tire like you're talking about, it's normally it's normally more for the the wet and dirt conditions that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get out there, you, you know there you have something that uh, that wear uh, softer, I guess, mm-hmm. so you can it, it sticks to the the rock really well, mm-hmm. um, something like that. And then you get into the sand and that, and uh, if you're not running uh, like some kind of shovel or paddle tire, um, you, you don't want something. There's a happy medium in there to to digging yourself a, a hole and not being able to get out of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I've, I've, I've just always been so curious about how, you know, tire design out there, just it, it seems like you don't need these aggressive tires. But, again, it's it's different. It's just different. I'm, I get that. I'm going to – I'll stop harping on that. Um, but, okay, you guys go out, you prep for this. Um, what are you changing about the car to get it prepared for these long, open desert sections, but at the same time still being able to take on the hammers? Uh, we're, uh, we're not really changing a whole lot. Um, we, we did some testing with the suspension, uh, with, uh, Pete from NOS. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we think we got something that is, uh, that is going to work really well. We, we, uh, we got to do a little bit of adapting to it just because of how it rides and, uh, uh, getting it. We tested on a 72 inch car when we were out there and mm-hmm. getting it transferred over to a 64 car. Uh, for hammers is it, 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 it just getting everything fine tuned and getting it right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that sort of, and, and, you know, we, we contemplated going to a 72 car. We contemplated, you know, just what works best. The 72 car is really, really good in the desert. Um, but there's spots in the rocks where a 64 car can drive between the rocks and mm-hmm. a 72 car. You got to try to, to maneuver up and over one rock or wedge yourself through something and, you know, it, it's. I'm used to a '64 car. Um, that's what we've been running on the East Coast. So we're gonna we're gonna gamble a little bit and and run a '64 car at Amherst. 
That's I'm I'm so interested in that because I I feel like everyone out there runs 72 and I'm looking and I'm just doing some googling as we're sitting here and it seems like everyone opts for the 72 inch car in and is it can you go that much faster in a 72 inch car in the desert is it really that much more noticeable We'll find out Okay yeah um, that's a great answer Again suspension like it, it all it's all about having how you have the car set up um mm-hmm. if you can get through the same stuff with the same speed on a 64 car you know and natural laws of physics tells you that wider is better um the car won't get upset it won't lay over you can mm-hmm. you can corner faster but you know it's getting uh, getting the car set up properly and yeah. and if we if we got to sacrifice if we got to sacrifice Five percent of speed in the desert, and we can make up eight or ten percent of mm-hmm. that speed in the rocks. Then, you know, we're money ahead at the end of the race. So, yeah, you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of the gamble that we're, we're looking at and what we've been thinking on it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Now, let me ask you this too: Do they change the course from year to year at King of Hammers? I mean, I know you have to hit, you know, wrecking ball. You have to go down uh, back door at one point. Uh, but is there small, minute changes, or do they pretty much run the same course every year? I, I think there's changes. The layout changes. Um, mm-hmm. I know the previous years uh, they've been going up uh, outer limits and mm-hmm. down spooners, and this year we're uh, we're going up spooners and down outer limits. So That's cool. Year, um, and then last year they they did not uh, go down back door, and this year I we might be going back down back door twice. Um, wow, so, they didn't go back down down back door at all last year. Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. It wow. was either eight, seventeen or eighteen. One of them two years that they, they did not go down back door. Very interesting. Yeah, that's because to me that's a staple of the hammers, and it's always been a. It, it just it's part of it. You got to you got to do it. I, I'm a big fan of hammers. Or a big fan of back door. <clears throat> but uh, with that being said, um, you know you guys are getting ready to go out there realistically, you know, your goal is to finish around the six-hour mark. Um, I'm looking at the results from last year, and the six-hour mark should put you in the top ten. Is that is that your goal? Well, my goal is that, the same as everybody else's, is to win the thing. But I uh, like it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, real, realistically, um, I, I would be extremely happy to finish in the in the top five, me personally. Um, <laughs> but, you know, am I going to be disappointed if we don't finish in the top five? Somewhat. Uh, am I going to be disappointed if we don't finish at all? Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna. If we don't finish, I'm gonna like beat the crap out of myself, like so to speak. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, just yeah. just be so frustrated with myself. And you know, that's uh, you know, you put so much time into the preparation and that sort. Um, and you know, just uh, keep looking and, and keep your focus on what you're doing. And and I think that uh, uh, Paul Paul's actually riding co-pilot with me out there um mm-hmm. and i think that between him and i whatever whatever troubles we encounter i think we can overcome them um, yeah i know yeah. that we both are uh are very sharp um and we're uh paul's more uh he's he's sharper at getting things mechanically fixed than mm-hmm. i am um i'm more uh <laughs> methodical about things and uh but you know two heads are better than one yeah, absolutely. And, and two heads that think differently are better than, you know, just one on its own, too. Yeah. Um, 
but that's that's definitely good to hear, and it's and it's very interesting that he's riding co-pilot with you. I think that's a really wise decision. Um, who is your normal co-pilot during uh, regular races? This is always something. This is something really cool. Um, the uh, my my girlfriend Kayla rides with me uh, quite a bit. Um, that's awesome. She uh, sometimes it's a game to see if I can scare the crap out of her, and sometimes <laughs> it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, no, we have. <laughs> We have a lot of fun. Uh, there's been a few times where uh, when we we got radios so we can talk back and forth, and there's been a few times that I've turned the radio down so I can't hear. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but for the now, for the most part, like she she uh, it's she's caught on um, a lot and is figuring out what to look for uh, mm-hmm. and watching for different things. Um, and then I, I've had a, a couple a couple friends ride. Uh, other than that, and you know just. It, it she rides the majority of the races and and if yeah. uh, if if she doesn't ride normally it's uh she gets a little a little upset with me about it and and I got to hear about it because uh, you know she she actually really enjoys it so yeah yeah so I was gonna ask you know you said you you have her obviously ride with you you have you said you had some friends float in and out there um how do you get someone to ride with you okay because people know you people know your driving style you know you you say to your friend hey man do you want to run co-pilot with me in this race. Uh, and they know your driving style. They know, like, how do you get someone to ride with you? Because I've I've made that pitch to a few of my friends. Hey, come ride with me in this pro rock race. Let's have you know. I'm building a, I'm building a different car for the regular listeners. Uh, I've got a one seater right now. I'm going to build a, a two seat car, and and I'm just like, how do you even convince someone to get in the car with you? <laughs> you you sugarcoat it a bunch. You don't. You don't tell them the truth about what you're really doing. You just, oh, you just man. sugarcoat it and say, "Man, we're gonna go have some fun, you know." But here, you need to wear this helmet. You need to, wear, and then they, well, what I need, ah, just for safety precautions, you know, just, just, it's okay. You just gotta wear it just, just so it looks good. And then, you know, but uh, now I, I, I've, uh, we've had some, some gnarly hits, uh, you know, in different things, and uh, some of my friends are, most of them all get back in there, but you know, mm-hmm. you have one or two that uh, are like. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you got a couple of screws loose. You probably don't need to be. I'm never going to ride with you again. You know, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, no, I, and and that's you know, it's kind of one of those things that I've had people get in the car with me and and say that, and uh, it's totally justified. I get it. You know, I I get it. If I wasn't experienced and didn't trust the person driving, I may or may not ever get back in one of those things in my life. But. um I usually lose people when I bring up the word fire suit. I'm just like, yeah, but you got to wear this nice suit. And they're like, why do I have to wear a suit for? What's it like? Why? And I'm like, well, it's you know, it's just in case. And like, they're in case of what? I'm like, you know, dirt, mud, fire could be any of the three. <laughs> just yeah, no, it's you're 100 percent right. Like that when when you say fire suit, people people freak out a little bit, you know. And it's yeah. like, you know, it, things do happen. And, you know, you you don't. Yeah, you hope for the best, but you know we take we take a lot of safety protocol and stuff, so mm-hmm. that way we can keep some th- them things happening. And um, you know, and, and you, you put fire extinguisher in the car, you got fire extinguisher on the back of the car. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you try to you try to alleviate anything that you can, and and you know, keep the car uh, rubber side down and 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 just enjoy it. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> Thanks for being patient with me as I cough because I'm just still getting over whatever sickness I've had for the past few weeks. Um, but that pretty much wraps up what I wanted to talk about. I do have a, a couple of questions that um, some folks submitted. Uh, John Arnold, <laughs> he he wanted to comment. Uh, does your hair give you powers? <laughs> oh, of course it does. That's why I haven't cut it yet. 
There you go. Are you gonna are you gonna keep growing it? Normally it gets uh, we get out of winter and it aggravated me enough during the winter and uh, I'll end up cutting it off again and then I get about one haircut a year so gotcha saves me money so I can put money in the in the car gotcha Uh, and and another question is from uh, D Pads Photography if you could race anything else what would it be and uh, yeah we'll start there if you could race in any other kind of car or any other kind of division what would it be man I. I would – I've always wanted a uh, – like a West Coast trophy truck. Like yeah. I'm talking one that you could drive down the road and at any moment turn left or right and drive through whatever ditch is there or whatever's there mm-hmm. and, and basically scare the crap out of whoever's riding with you. you know? Yeah, those T100 cars, man. Um, I, I, I would like to get into uh, a Pro 4 just, just for fun once um, to see how – on a short course just to see how I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, not in the cards right now. And I, I honestly doubt that I ever want to put up the money to, to get into that sort of racing. So it's, yeah. uh, it's expensive, you know, and what we're doing now is expensive. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, it's a big, big difference, uh, from ATVs. I, I really do miss, uh, Right, uh, racing ATVs. Um, you know, it was a it was a family atmosphere. Um, I met a lot of friends, a lot of you know, a lot of people that uh, that I still talk to in in that regard. And, uh, and we do I do a little bit of uh, mentoring with some some younger guys and um, help them out. Uh, they call me when they're at the races for for setup, uh, different things like that. And you know that that brings a lot of pride to me to see them do well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it makes me. It makes me happy to have, for them to have success. Yeah, I think that's awesome, man. Uh, it's really, really great to pass that information down to the next generation of, uh, of drivers. Um, the next question he had for you is, what is one of your biggest goals or dreams uh, as a as a professional race race driver? Uh, that. Uh, Every everybody that gets into racing that that truly loves racing would love to make a living doing that, mm-hmm. um, just so that way you don't have a nine to five job. But on the same hand, I mean, it can be double edged sword where you're you're so focused on that and you are forced to race, um, mm-hmm. and it becomes tough and the the love of it gets clouded. I guess you'd say. Um, sure. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's mixing business and passion. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh that's 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 a tough spot there. Um but for for goals for this year, um biggest goal is you know, having fun and enjoying it. But, sure, uh, yeah. I I I want to uh I want to race against the the best guys in the UTV world. Like um the the top guys and know that uh that on their best day and and that I can stand right there and and hold a candle to them and 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 be able to to give them a run for their money. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, if we regardless of how everything goes at KOH this year, I'm sure I'm 99% sure that we're going to end up making another trip out there. Um, that was my next question for you. The scenery out there was 
it's 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 really nice out there. Like yeah, you're you know your lake bed, desert, whatever you want to call it, but it's 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 actually really peaceful. Um, and you know it, it was it'd be a fun place to go to like take a group of people and just go have fun and trail ride mm-hmm. and just go do that kind of thing. And you know, and I'm sure at some point we're going to do that. Um, we uh, we generally have uh, ten or twelve or fifteen of us uh, family members that all go riding somewhere pretty much uh, pretty much once a year we go to a park somewhere and spend a few days and just ride and camp and and, and enjoy that so um i being out that far west would be would be fun now have you ever thought about doing like uh the the colorado trails or like moab or something like that um yeah uh paul paul went out to colorado with uh some of, some of our family um and uh I didn't make that trip and I'm kicking myself in the butt for not going. Uh they said it was a lot of fun. Um you know, and, and uh we got some friends that went out to Moab. I I know Paul's been talking about going out there and um uh, again I getting uh, getting myself to get out of work, I guess is a good way of doing it. Getting away sure. from work and going and doing that stuff is it, it's it's a challenge sometimes. So it's uh you know, we we enjoy what we do for a living, but uh, if if I was a uh, if I got paid to race UTVs full time, boy, I would I would really like that. But uh, mm-hmm. on the same hand, you know, it's uh, I enjoy our family business. I really do. Yeah, well, that's great, man. And again, I think it's very wise to keep in mind the 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 passion versus business side of things too. Um, you know, it's it's a very easy line that can get blurred. So uh, I think you're you're very wise in that apprehension. Um, but that's pretty much all I had for you. Uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would, did want to talk about? Uh, I I got to give thanks to uh, to all the all the companies that have uh, helped me in the in the last two years. Um, you know, with uh, HCR, man, they they've built us some some badass components the last two years um, and beating on them. And then Gary Hinkle down at G Force uh, doing some shock stuff. Uh, Eric CA Technologies, um, Aaron over at Aggressive Graphics. Uh, oh, we got uh, Josh at Evo uh, Evolution Power Sports. I mean, he he helps out a lot on the the cars themselves and and getting us the right uh, equipment to for the car to to go fast and, and endure the the hardships that we put it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Can Am. Um, you know, they, they, they build a hell of a car and, and it, none of, none of this, uh, none of this would be possible in a razor. I, 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 I would not be where I'm at if I was, if I was running around. <laughs> <in one of those. laughs> well, as someone who's got one, I, I can see your point, but, uh, but, but I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. I'll say that. I, I let, uh, uh, James Cantrell and Brandon Davis drive my car after the last AOP race. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandon got out of it, and the first thing he said to me was, that's cheating. Um, cool. And I started laughing. I'm like, well, he's like, driving that car versus mine, that's cheating. That ain't even fair. And I, and I just I, I just kind of laughed. I mean, it, you know, everybody's got their own their own brand and their own thing. And, uh, you know, it, the, uh, you, you play favorites and, and that sort, and uh, our favorite is the, the Can-Am. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what did James have to say about it after he drove it? Because we're actually having James on the show next week. Um, he uh, he twisted Brandon's arm and made him get in it. So, 
So really, he, he, yeah, Brandon was was not going to get in it and go drive it, and, and James James twisted his arm and said, "You need to go drive this thing." And mm-hmm. and you know, it's uh, it, it's it, I'm really surprised that that James is building a XP right now. I figured he would have uh, jumped ship and and come over to, uh, to where the good guys are. <laughs> I like it. Um, well, that's awesome. And we'll ask him next week uh, about his thoughts and why he hasn't done so thus far. Um, but I know that he'll be out there on the lake bed with you. And uh, it sounds like you guys have the program like figured out. You guys are you know doing the best you can. And uh, I'm really, really excited. It is a tradition. Uh, I'm an engineer for the Department of Justice, so I sit at a desk all day. I will be watching you guys race and, uh, you know, racing on the rocks will be cheering all you guys on. So, um, go out, represent all the East Coast for us and, and, and we, ap- pass. we appreciate it, man. We really do. And, you know, like, uh, we, we, we'd like to give, uh, validation to the East Coast guys. I mean, you know, the, the West Coast guys, uh, you know, specifically the, uh, the, the Guthries and, uh, your, uh, Curries and, and Blurton and, and those guys have, have really ruled the, the west coast and you know we uh we want to go out and shine and and see if we can't uh i don't know instill some fear in them guys or or <laughs> i like know, that do, do something and and put our name on the map yeah well uh nathan thanks for coming on the show what i want to do is i'll give you a call here in just a little while and we'll kind of iron out the details and uh we'll close it out here for now thanks for coming on i know you're you're making time for me and uh, I really appreciate it. I know everybody's going to love this one. Hey, thank you for having me. We have, I enjoyed it. All right. Have a good one. You too. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Um, one thing I do want to remind you is if you enjoyed the episode, leave us a five-star uh, review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps us in terms of who can see our podcast and get more exposure. Um, also, don't forget to join our giveaway for free Super Grip ATV K9 tires with eight ply sidewalls, Kevlar reinforced sidewalls, in fact, with one inch tread depth. Uh, we're giving those away on our Facebook. The contest is pinned to the top of our page. All you got to do is like a couple pages, share it, get yourself entered, and comment and tag a few friends. And then uh, on February 3rd, we're going to be doing a live drawing for those tires. Uh, so don't miss the drawing, too, if you're already entered. Uh, Kincaid Billiards also uh, deserves a shout-out here. They're going to offer 15% off all Racing on the Rocks customers, uh, 15% off all pool table accessories, dartboard accessories, uh, any kind of accessory that they have. Uh, they will give you 15% off by just mentioning the show. They also carry a custom line of pool tables, which you can have your selection and color, felt color, and they'll deliver it, completely set it up to your house, do the whole nine yards. You just write a check, and it's there. You've got a pool table completely set up, ready to go in your environment. Um, the, the crew that comes to your house, very, very, very close with these guys. Uh, they're excellent people to deal with. Excellent company in terms of customer service. They'll always treat you right and do what they can to make something right. Um, Kincaid Billiards offers quality that's pretty much unmatched in the pool table game at a price that's absolutely insane. For what you get, for what you pay for, it's a really, really, really great company to spend time with um, and a great way to spend your money. So without further ado, Kincaid Billiards. Next on the list is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road, their reputation precedes them every single time. All Infinite Off-Road products come with a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty. 25 years, even covering accidental damage. Absolutely bonkers. That's on light bars, light pods, 
uh, wheel rings, rock lights, whips, everything that you can think of Infinite Off-Road brand comes with that ridiculous warranty. I really enjoy doing business with them uh, and obviously they're super active. They're an industry leader in the light game. Uh, they're, the, they're the place where price and quality meet. You're not going to have the crazy, outrageous, expensive, you know, rigid level just ridiculous prices for the product and you're also not going to end up with some cheap Chinese crap that's going to crap out on you on the first ride. Um, excellent products, ran their, ran their stuff on my race car for the longest time, um, ran their stuff on my personal vehicles since 2013 and still everything's working just the way it should. Uh, Infinite Off-Road will offer Racing on the Rocks listeners 10% off with code word ROCKS on their website, R-O-C-K-S. Uh, and if you're on the phone with them or trying to reach out to them, tell them Racing on the Rocks sent you. They'll honor that 10% off. Last but not least, All Things UTV has been sponsoring the show almost from the get-go. Everything else that Infinite Off-Road does not offer uh, in terms of lighting, All Things UTV has you covered. That's axles, wheels, tires. They have some really crazy wheel and tire packages, by the way. Um, wheels, tires, uh, suspension components, suspension upgrades in terms of springs. They have a tender spring replacement that's excellent and they even now offer a full all eight spring complete package replacement. Um, really great guys to deal with over there. They even sell RS1 diffs which are crazy and a mounting bracket to get in. And, uh, if, you're, if you don't have a Turbo S or an RS1, uh, there's a mounting solution where you can get the highest quality differential into your vehicle. All from all things UTV. Uh, really, really great people to deal with, including the variety of products that they have all now come powder coated with the, with the price of powder coating included in each product. Um, nothing but positive things to say about those guys out there. Uh, Dustin Robbins is actually racing King of Hammers as well. So, uh, good luck to Dustin. If we don't speak before King of Hammers, um, it's going to be great y'all. Everything about dealing with these companies is absolutely awesome. And I'm very, very blessed and lucky that they have chosen to support the show. Um, thank you for listening. We very much appreciate it. And like I said, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.